What up, what up, what up? San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuning here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett with us today, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 1-800-707-9760 is your number to participate. If you know what you want to talk about, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that happened over the weekend that we're not getting to, you want to bring that to the airwaves for the conversation, feel free to do that. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the long segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me via Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind or follow me. And if you if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, uh, you can do that by logging on to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment. Or you can just log on to my personal page and you can stream the show live and you can leave comments and I'll respond to those in real time. If I see them, if not, I'll respond to them later. And if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily, seven days a week. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. Bartlett. How about them Cowboys? Yes, Dallas. How about them boys? Yeah, they dominated Minnesota, which we're going to get to that here shortly. Told you I had a feeling that they were going to play the best game that they've had under Dak and since he's been back, and that's what's happened. So we'll definitely get into the uh, Dallas Cowboys situation here shortly. Uh, first off, before I get into the docket, just I meant to mention it's Friday, but, you know, Friday slipped my mind, but uh, just the schedule. So we're here today, of course, um, and we'll be here tomorrow, but we'll be off Wednesday. So we'll be off a little bit day earlier before Turkey Day, and then we'll return um, next Monday. Okay, and then we'll uh, release the holiday schedule uh, sooner than later. But we're here with you today and tomorrow, and then we're out until a week from today. So with that said, let's dive into the docket. Uh, yes, we've got to talk about the boys. Uh, we've got a lot of things to discuss NFL-wise. Uh, but first, you know, World Cup is finally here from Qatar in 2022. And to be honest with you, uh, somebody that's been – um Watching World Cups since 19, I would say 86, 86, yeah. Um, this one, you know, and I think it has a lot to do two things because I know even people on social media have seen like, hey, man, the World Cup's about to start. I haven't even mentioned one word and this and this and everybody, if you're new to this show, but you listen long enough, you know, I grew up <clears throat> in the soccer background playing soccer for forever, probably 15, 18 years. Um, I think it has a lot to do. It's weird not in the summer because in the summer, it's it's less going on in the summer. So it only comes around every four years, um, but it's less going in the uh, less going around in the summer. So landing in the fall, we already know the story by now. It's hotter than fish grease in Qatar in the summer. I mean, first of all, they shouldn't even have this World Cup. But that's a whole other story. We'll get into that. But they had to have it in the fall because it's just too hot in the summer. But it's officially underway. Um it got going, you know, England today, they, Iran, they dominated them six to two, got a chance to see some of that match. Um, also, Denmark, the Dutchess, Senegal, 
They scored two goals late to take that victory. And then, spoiler alert, your Americans, your men's team, remember, they didn't qualify for this one last time. And it, was, it, it wasn't that big of a story. It was like a disappointment. I remember talking about that. Um, and the question was, really, where they at as a national program? And for the last year or two, you know, during the whole World Cup qualifiers, they they really impressed me. I don't, I don't see all their matches. I'm just keeping it 100 with you. I don't keep see all their matches. Uh, but just where this program was and where it was headed to, which I'm still going to give credit to where they're at now of being able to bounce back and at least qualify for this cup, um, giving a lot of still some flowers to uh, Mr. Klinsman because I believe that he was relieved of his duties too early. A lot of politics involved. But props to the guys today uh, for getting there to this point. Um, haven't really studied their group too much. I and mean, I know they've got England in their group. and That'll be, I think, Thanksgiving Day that game comes on, or the day after Thanksgiving, one of the two. It's the day after. Okay, day after. Spoiler alert, but they're up 1-0 right now at halftime. Um, so we'll monitor that. Um, you really, to me, my thoughts is really the storyline for me personally is the Argentina team um, in regards to uh, led by Messi. Uh, the word on the street from what I've heard, I mean, this is one of his probably better teams that he's gone to the cup with uh, probably since maybe his first cup that he played that they're telling me. But uh, definitely with no doubt, I've had that guy in my microscope in the soccer world for the last few years. I mean, yes, he's one of the best players we've ever seen um, in our lifetime, if you're living. But I always say that, you know, he did take advantage. I mean, he, again, the social media, Internet, YouTube era, I mean, that he's coming up and making his name for himself. Uh, same thing for Ronaldo, I thought as well, too. But his big elephant in the room is he's got to deliver one of these things. Because the man up above, rest his soul, Mr. Diego Maradona, I told you it's him, and there's Manu, and then there's Messi, when we talk about titles. So I'm going to be really paying attention to this Argentina team. World on the Street says Brazil has a hell of a defensive team. So as we get going, like I said, we're not going to cover it in and out, you know, um, every day on the World Cup for this show, but definitely when U.S. is in action, I'm going to be paying attention to teams that I'm going to be watching that kind of pops out of the radar but definitely a fun time it only comes around four years everyone's four year biggest sporting event in the world so not even close biggest sporting event in the world so you got world cup event uh, uh finally officially underway also um college football uh this this weekend to me looked like it was survive in advance for a lot of the top teams uh that really struggled um you know early on in some of their games you see michigan you know oh illinois uh, I forgot Brett Milano was over there. I didn't even know he was over there. Um, but they took him down to the wire. I mean, Michigan was able to survive. Maybe they were peaking a little bit, you know, early to this big showdown with Ohio State um, this weekend. Uh, but they were able to get victorious to stay undefeated. Ohio State as well, you know, they hung, got, they were hanging around with them a little bit. Then they kind of basically pulled away to remain undefeated to set up a monster showdown uh, this weekend. Texas dominated Kansas. There's really too much to say about that. They're supposed to do that. You know, I know Kansas was a good story early on in the season, being remaining undefeated and stuff, but they've kind of came down to earth. I mean, that's again, that's their coach's first year at that program, so he's at, way ahead of schedule getting some of the W's they were able to get in conference um, in just this season period. But Texas was able to dominate them. Um, Tennessee got skull drug by South Carolina. 
Okay, beat down bad. Um, and Hooker, unfortunate situation, quarterback. Um, you know, I think they're saying that it's a torn MCL or ACL maybe um, with him. It's going to be, and you know, when you think about him and you think about the possibilities of what his status could have been draft-wise, you know, because the Heisman, he was one, you know, about four weeks ago, he was like the betting favorite out in the desert to win the Heisman. And then I think the LSU game really set him back a little bit. And then, of course, you know, you have a situation where you just really just get ran out of the building in South Carolina. And then on top of that, to add injury to insult, no pun intended, you know, you suffer this injury that's probably going to maybe put you in jeopardy of really even trying to think about coming out in this year's NFL draft. What do you got? Looking at the way that the Hendon Hooker injury happened. All right. Mm -hmm. Over the last two weeks, we've heard a lot about from the NFL players, professional players about turf surfaces. Mm -hmm. Reports from the Four Letter Network are that that's exactly what seemed to cause the injury in which his cleat, his spike got stuck in the turf of williams Bryce Stadium and uh, rolling on that option and then that's what creates the, the tension and tears mm -hmm. that ACL. How... How long until we start to see, I mean, this is a high, like, like you said, Heisman leader. Mm. How long until we see this conversation of playing surfaces extend from the pros and into the college? Or do you think that the NCAA would be speeding, you know, trying to jump the line ahead of the NFL on the front? No, I, I think those are two different things because I think, you know, despite what we want to think in regard to collegiate sports, especially college football, it's amateur. I mean, granted, I understand you got the NIL rule and stuff like that. I mean, it's borderline, not amateur. But the reason why I say it's two different things is because in college, your university, I mean, suppose you're talking tax dollars, you're talking that, and then you're talking about the cost that you would sit there and really have to make all universities and all schools try to go to natural gas. It's not just, that's just not going to happen because at that point it is a cost effective thing. I'm talking about a multi billion dollar industry in the National Football League, which is professionals. You know, granted, I get it. I mean, college from what the coaches get paid to the NIL deal, it's, it's turning into semi pro, but we're not there yet. So I, I think, you know, and I told you, even when we talked about this topic for two days last week, it's one of those that we'll talk about it, but I don't see really anything changing. Uh, anytime soon because there is financial part involved and I just think you would take it to where who's going to handle this if we all go to stadium grass but no I don't think it's going to the college it's two different things um, also so you got college weekend that's definitely you know we'll get another edition of the top 25 rankings tomorrow uh, we'll see what's kind of you know definitely Tennessee is going to take a, a leap uh, down a fall down I should say not a leap a fall down TCU man uh, before we leave, props to them. I mean, that's coaching and preparation if you saw the way that game ended against Baylor. I mean, looking at that, and I was looking at that in real time, you know, the play on third down was just like, wait a minute, man, what's Dykes doing? They running the ball and no timeouts? But little did I know and everybody watching it that this is, this is a play that they knew what they wanted to do. The kicker wanted the ball more in center. Uh, you're talking about a jailbreak from the offense, and these are big dudes. Keep in mind, guys on the offensive line and the and, and you know kicking unit that's got to come out. They're doing almost like a hockey uh, shift change, 
no timeouts, run around. You're dealing with 18, 19-year-old kids, by the way, and you're on the road, and the kicker comes out, last one gets, nails a 40-plus yarder to win the ball game to remain undefeated. And they say they practice that play every Thursday. Now, you know, <laughs> I was hearing uh, former Boise coach and Washington Huskies coach um, on the Fox. I think he's on Fox. I think you were watching his uh, post game. He said, you know, yeah, we used to practice that play. I don't know about every 30 goes, but you use it once every five years. <laughs> Meaning like, but if you're prepared for it in the situation where they had no timeouts, and I'll keep saying this, look, I don't know. TCU would be an underdog on a neutral field against everybody that's in that top four right now. And they might get their ass kicked. But if they run the table, and I don't know where they're going to stub the toe at, and they go in the Big 12, they're going to have a seat in this playoff. That's just the way it is, and they deserve it. So, and and Sonny Dykes has done one of the better jobs in the land this year. I mean, they were picked to finish seventh, I think, or sixth, somewhere around. I mean, this is the year after the first year that Gary Patterson decided to leave and retire, or however that thing went down in TCU. And, now, of course, he's on the sideline of Texas. But this is very impressive for Sonny Dykes. You know, to be able to have this team in his first year holding that fourth spot, looking dead red at a playoff spot in a few weeks. What do you got? Outside of the uh, Big 12 championship game, the only way, the only opportunity for them to stub their toe ahead of the uh, final playoff rankings is Iowa State um, on the road taking, you know, playing TCU. Do you think, and I, and I know you've been critical of, of Matt Campbell's team, do you think that they can rally and get it done one, one time? To- Oh, well, Matt Campbell's team's always going to, for the most part, I, I think the Nebraska rumors really screwed him. I really do. Uh, and the team, not screwed him, but screwed the team and the morale because Campbell's been there for a while. But I think that they'll be favored on the road. But Ames, Iowa, anything goes down. I think Matt Campbell, yeah, that's definitely a, a game that Iowa could win. I mean, could win that week, uh, you know, um, Iowa State. So, to me, we'll see. But it's you know they've got a couple more to go. Uh, they escaped one in Waco this weekend. But props to them for being where they're at. Also, what else? NBA continued to roll on as well. Your Spurs got killed last night by the Lakers. Um, you know the losses are piling up now. I will say this. Uh, you know Pop. I haven't heard the update, but he became ill right before tip off. And of course, Brent Brown had to go into an emergency situation and coach the team. Now. Maybe that had a little bit to do with it. I mean, the Lakers have looked like they're showing some life here over the last few games. You know, LeBron, this is with no LeBron James again. He's out. He was out. Um, but, you know, they fell short. The only thing I'll take from that, I've given you my observation for this young team a week ago. Um, if you missed it, sorry. Go look, listen to the podcast. The other observation, now I've given him credit because of – he looks more of like a professional now, speaking of Keldon Johnson, with his you know commitment to conditioning and getting in better shape and shedding all the baby fat and stuff. He's got to stay – well, he's got that phase, and then this offseason and during the course of the season, he's got to get – like because what Vizel, what Vassell is doing is making Keldon's shot stick out like a sore thumb. He needs to work on his shot. He loves to shoot the three when he's open. He likes his mid-range. He is nowhere near consistent where he needs to be with his jump shot. But, I mean, that comes time. He's young. Unfortunately, we lost the best shooting coach, one of them in the NBA. He's no longer on this in this ball club, or I should say this organization. 
that's the only thing with Kelvin. He just needs to he because he damn near almost shot him out of the game last night. I mean, the game they they jumped on him pretty. They 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 hung with him a little bit. And again, I'm gonna give him a pass because again, I don't know. You know, I know Coach Brown said after the game he talked to Pop. Pop's fine. Maybe it was a little stomach bug. I don't know. No details have come out, but maybe you know I'll give him a little pass as a team on them getting blown out by the Lakers like that. You know, but that's my observation with that. And the other observation is this goes again, like I said, whoever it is, I, I tell you right now, I don't want Brent Brown. I said that before when they hired him. I didn't like the fact I was starting to smell stuff. It's like, here comes one of these backdoor good old boys. Like, what? You bored at home? My ass ain't retired yet. You ain't either. Come on down the center and I got you. I don't want Brent Brown. Don't want him. Don't want him. Be hotter than fish grease if he's the guy that gets a seat. Don't want it. Sorry. And, and and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna say what you see, but last night, but it's it's ironic that he had to sit there and coach. And like I said, Lakers ain't blown nobody's ass out really because they ain't got no shooters, but they blew their doors off them. But maybe they were concerned a little bit about Pop's health. But for the record, if you didn't hear me about six months ago, I reiterated Brent Brown is not the guy that I want proceeding. Pop, whenever that time is gonna be. Quick note there on the Spurs, 1-11 and 11 when they lose the first quarter and start games slow this season. Mm. Undefeated when they when they win the first quarter. Nice little fun fact. So, slow mm. starts, whether Pop is on the bench or Brown, slow starts to kill mm. them. Well, Bartlett asked the question we opened. How about them Cowboys? We'll jump right into it when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports crime. 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. I didn't prove all this now. Like this, that's a little overboard, man. I gotta just remain hey. professional and cover them, but this will be the last time this song plays on this say on this in this time slot. Just, I'm gonna give you a mulligan on that one, but nah, man. Man, mm, da- no. Dallas fan deserves I it. I don't it give took a down, damn. Took down the red hot seven well, consecutive well, wins. Let me tell you something. Vikings. Let, let me let me tell you something. A Dallas fan don't own this time slot. All right, so sorry, and, and, and basically they, they just got messed up. That was ingrained me since I was 10 years old. But anyway, I tried. back here I on tried. the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spin the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is being presented by uh, Dos Equis. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka. Stoli Vodka is handcrafted in Latvia. The award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. That is Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sport. Sports grind. 1 800 707 9760. All right, so let's get into it uh, here. Um, let's see here. Anthony, let's go to Facebook Live because I want to I go ahead and look at this comment here. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Anthony's checking it. No, go back to the to the uh, to the one here. Let's see. Uh, Adam Martinez uh, noticed that the boys moved up Smith to left guard and Peters a left tackle. Are they getting ready for older Smith arrival? Uh, and if so, line will be that much better. Don't agree that the boys backfield is the weak link. Wilson and Diggs have been balling. Finally, the boys nailed it on their last three round drafts. You have to give their scouts a lot of credit. Well, Adam, first of all, uh, what I will say to the, that I, I, di- I disagree. I mean, I know it's what you're talking about in regards to that. Um, I'll dis I'll disagree with you on the um, situation and because the back end. I'm going to stick to what I said about that about on the on the back end of of what we're talking about. Um, the back end, I still think. I mean, it's a, the pass rush and the D line is that. But the truth of the matter is, is that the back line, the back end of the secondary, it is the situation to where I'd still believe that's the weakest link. I mean, hey, but you got to give them credit. But first of all, where I want to ask before I get into really breaking down, let also as Adams checking in, also let me see exactly where the Dak haters are at. You know, where are they at? Had a pretty good game. I mean, they laid a beat down on me. I told you all week Dallas was going to win this game. It was the scheduling. It was Minnesota coming off of a, a emotional come from behind victory on the road in Buffalo. And on top of that, you know, Minnesota's been playing at a high level. And I also had to think the factor had to do with Dallas blowing a two touchdown lead in Green Bay. This was going to be the best that they looked since Dak came back. And it was. And I think the difference of this game, too, 
is again, it was one of those situations where they asked Dak of like, hey, we're going to take it easy. We're going to get Pollard going. We're going to get Zeke kind of. And it was more of a little bit control. And when the spots were there for back, Dak to make his throws and make the plays, um, it went and it, it, it happened. You know, so props to them. I mean, when they play like that, I mean, you'll have everybody and their mom today talking about, well, they, they look like a Super Bowl contender. They look like a contender. Um, do I think they're 40 to three better than Minnesota? No, I don't. No, I don't. But I just knew with all the elements and everything that basically uh, came about, they were going to be a it was going to be a problem for Minnesota. I just knew that they were going to run into a buzzsaw because of Dallas, what happened in Green Bay, and also just the emotional letdown of that game last week in Buffalo. And when you and you know, and not only that, Dallas is looking at this team as somebody they could see in the NFC, and they only had one L. Uh, at, at that time, you know, one loss. So, um, but props to him, man. I mean, and, and the defense, Michael Parsons, look, I came in here Friday and last week was asking, you know, I don't know if Mike is a hundred percent, you know, I didn't know that because again, you know, I understand he has a lot of attention given to him by offensive coordinators and offensive line, but he had kind of cooled off the last few weeks, but he had a coming out party again last night, uh, you know, open the game pretty much with a fumble sack on, on Kurt, and, and really got the whole land slot going. Uh, now, the one thing I will question, though, is when he tweaked his knee or when he got kind of banged up, at that point, I'm like, uh, you're up like 35 to some. Why is he even in the game still? You know, at, when, when he had that little scare, that's when you finally saw Mike McCarthy on both sides of the ball start pull, pulling guys. But I was wondering, this obviously, this is a guy that's been banged up, that hasn't been playing quite 100% since a few weeks ago. I forgot what that game was. He kind of got it tweaked or got hurt on. But why would he even be in the game still at that point when you when they had like three points and you were up like 35 to 38? Because it was sometime, in the I think, late in the third or early. Yeah, I think it was like late in the third or early in the fourth. He should have been out of the game by now. You know, but props to the props to the Cowboys, though. What do you got? Well, speaking of Parsons and 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 um, his performance yesterday, uh, Dallas's big win was noticed by one Odell Beckham Jr., uh, who hmm. you know Mike has gone back and forth on Twitter with trying to recruit. Well, yesterday uh, following the game, Odell tweeted they went crazy today with the eye emoji. And then Micah, in all of in his leadership, attempting to, to, I don't know, take take control of some situation here, drops three eyes eye emojis in replying to Odell, and says, "Come on, then." Do you think that that, that a convincing win yesterday, the offense moving, defense taking care of things, does this really kind of draw the attention? And then, of course, you have the weekend that you know Buffalo they looked good against Cleveland and Detroit. Um, but they're another potential suitor. Kansas City, you know, they had to come back and win. Does Odell start looking more seriously at Dallas? I think it just comes down to, honestly, I think part of that we're getting here, I think Odell knows some idea where he's going but he or where he wants to go, but he just hasn't said, and there's talks going on behind the scenes as we go. I'm still going to put Buffalo as the favorite. I mean, I just think it comes down to, you know, who does he think that's really going to give him the better chance to win? And I think, you know, if, if I'm Odell, I'm just looking at it like there's there's a championship guy in Buffalo. Played with him last year in Vaughn Miller. There's championship people in Kansas City. Now, do I want him to end up in Kansas City? Probably not. Because I think whoever gets him, I think this needs to be looked at like a two- or three-year project with Odell. 
I think, you know, you didn't get him for cheap, but I don't think this is whoever gets him. I don't necessarily think this is going to be a Renner Odell just for the last, you know, couple months of the season. So I still feel that, you know, the players play the game and I don't know if they get caught up, you know, even people in the media and sometimes fans, you get caught up from overreaction week to week in the league. And that's the reason why sports betting, it's one of the I mean, it's one of the hardest sports to even try to predict and against the spread because you have to really pay attention to the story that the the league tells you and where certain teams are and where you are. And that's the way, you know. And even though you have a 7-1 Minnesota team, I just knew that they weren't beating Dallas because of the, the the scheduling spot. So I don't think, back to your question, Odell, I don't think a win yesterday makes Odell feel like, yeah, really, Dallas. I think it comes down to where he's comfortable with and who gives him a better chance to win it all. Buffalo still gives him a better chance to win it than Dallas. Kansas City still gives him a better chance to win to Dallas. 49ers still give him a better chance to win Dallas, even though I haven't heard them in the equation. Dallas hasn't proven anything yet. Dallas hasn't even been to a conference championship game. So even though they look promising, and and again, you know, Kirk, emotional thing. And and I know, you know, a man is trying to disagree with the back end. Nah, that's still the weakest link. They've been playing good. But you see, when you go up against some teams that got some multiple weapons and their coaching scheme and stuff like that, that's not coming off of an emotional damn near overtime, you know, game in Buffalo, it, you'll be able to see what I see, what I see, especially if they don't get the pass rush, you know. And the one thing that Minnesota kind of was making an attempt to do, but really didn't get to exploit. I still don't know. Dallas didn't really. I didn't leave that game comfortable. Like, oh, now they fixed against the run problems. We'll see that against Philly in a few weeks. I'm still skeptical to to about the run. The team to beat in the NFC plays tonight. And they're getting healthier, and that's the team. In my opinion, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is something that's brewing with the Bucks and Tom. How they're going to come off their bye week? How they're going to get going? All I know is that the team right now in the NFC to beat, just on paper, and if they can get, they're continuing to get a little bit more healthier when it settles and done because they've done it before, and that's the 49ers. We'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. One eight hundred. 707-9760. But no, that was that that shows you if the game is called right and 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 his receivers, you know, abide. Yes, he's gonna miss some thirteen hundred, but that shows you you can win a high level game with Dak Prescott. Okay. Cooper Rush isn't winning that game forty to three. Or whatever the final score was. He's not. 1-800-707-9760. Moving on, uh, speaking of Dallas and one of their counterparts, uh, before we get into that, I do want to talk, speaking of Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, I mean, he went in the phone booth and put on the cape and came back and just dashed the hopes of the L.A. Chargers once again. I mean, they've had some good battles. I mean, they match up with Kansas City pretty good out of all the teams in that division considering where it's at as whole as a division. They match up with Kansas City pretty good, but you got to give Patrick Mahomes the just just the respect. I mean, he, he when you're talking about having to go, when we've said it, we've seen it before. But if you you're in a situation where you're on the road, and again, the LA Chargers really don't have a home field advantage, in my opinion. But due to the fact the circumstances, and he constantly can do it again and again, you know, 
this is again without Tyreek Hill, which I do believe with Kelsey. And maybe what we're seeing is that Kelsey is maybe the guy. Because even with Tyreek Hill, you would always say Kelsey's the guy that can't go off. Now, I don't think Kelsey's had that all-world of a season because I think the story with the Chiefs is the fact that Patrick called his shot and they've been spreading this around everywhere. He's been spreading the wealth. I mean, they were pretty much shorthanded receivers yesterday. Juju was out, had a couple other guys out. Hardman was I mean, out. Yeah, they were shorthanded receivers yesterday, and he still found a good way to get a – he's the best in the game right now. I mean, I know it goes back and forth with people would look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen's mistakes in the red zone is going to dock him a lot of points in my book. He's got to figure that out. That's just not mistake. It's a part of his mentality and that quote-unquote gunslinger mentality. Patrick Mahomes has it too, but he don't return the ball over at that clip in the red zone like Josh Allen is this season. Okay, 1-800-707-9760. And before we leave that game, and you put that on the top of Patrick Mahomes, again, having a coach like Andy Reid. Let me tell you something about that AFC West and that division to those other counterparts besides the the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, and Staley went down the hands of, you know, didn't really cost him the game, but yet still, you know, he's in question. If you're if you're the Raiders and and again I, they're stuck. I mean I don't even think stuck. I knew regardless whether they won or lost yesterday. Josh McDaniels not going anywhere. But if you are the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders, and I think you're I I, I think Josh can fit into this, but he hasn't been proven yet. You have to look at and you have to assume when you go look whether you're in a coaching search or you look at the building you have to assume Andy Reid isn't going anywhere anytime even though he might so therefore that is a veteran Super Bowl winning coach that's in a division where he's coaching a bunch against a bunch of rookies that makes a hell of a lot of difference and and that's that's the re- I mean it, it's no different than what's going on in the AFC East when you talk about Salah I'm a big fan of Robert Salah but you know what Salah the brother down in Miami, which he's off to a good start, by the way, they're they're coaching against one of the goats. That's tough. If you I mean, if you look at that game with the Jets yesterday, and Pats, what a bad beat on that plus three and a half. Yeah, the Jets. That game was supposed to end in overtime three, but why you punt it to him? I mean, it ain't like he's Devin Esther, okay, or Cordell Patterson, which I want to talk about him, by the way, if you get to it. But why even kick it to him? But they kicked it to him. Ball game. And let me tell you something, Patriots, Bill Belichick, because the talk was about how bad this offense was going to be, and I led the talk into it. But I'm going to tell you this right now, Bill Belichick is in his bag on that defensive side of the ball. They, I mean, they are balling on the defensive side of the ball. They're restricting people. Okay, they're playing at a high level. I mean, because the office is obviously you want a 10 to 3 ball game based off a punt return. Either offenses could really do anything yesterday. But the story in that game is the post game reaction of Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, I brought him up last week because I noticed after the game last week. He, he got into an exchange with a reporter. I still don't know who that is because he had asked him, like, oh, if you know someone, you know, then why did you turn down so many coaching jobs? I don't know who he was talking to at the time, but it had to be somebody, a former coach, GM, somebody there that covers that team. I don't know. But he's been a little bit, you know, swirly, a little bit, you know, cocky and stuff. 
Okay, and of course, we know the stories in all all season, what he was doing, and, you know, girl, ex-girl called him out, sleeping with her friend's mom, whoever. But he made a big mistake yesterday in the post game, and I saw it in live time, and I knew he made a mistake when he did it. And that was when he was at, and that's the thing that separates. Like, Zach's got to understand, okay, that's not, 210, that, that's not Don Harris asking you that question. The New York media, they are very calculated, man. They set up questions they will ask you so they'll know, like, damn, you know what? They don't have to think about how they're going to get a headline. And especially if you're green, like Zach is, and you're wet behind the ear and you can barely buy alcohol, they're going to set you up if you're not prepared. And Zach's learning this and he's going to learn it because now. He has his teammates to answer to. Did you have that? Did, did you have you didn't get thought? Paraphrasing if you missed it. Zach was asked a series of questions, and everybody knows, and he got real irritated after the last time they paid the Patriots a few weeks ago, and he had like five turnovers. Okay, didn't have as many turnovers as this, but they had a time they had like negative eight yards. I mean, there was no offense going. I mean, they couldn't do anything. So the reporter asked him, like, well, do you feel like you left the defense down? And Zach just looked at him like, nope. Look, man. You, I mean, all the people that's played the game will tell you the coaches that coach it, you know, heard Rex Ryan talking about this. I mean, at the end of the day, you do have to, that's the one position that gets probably more credit than it deserves when a team wins. And it's probably a position that gets more blame when you lose. But when you sign up to play that position, especially on Sundays, Thursdays, and Mondays, you have to know that it's always going to be your fault. And you have to understand that you cannot answer questions like that. Now, there's reports out there that say some guys on the defense, some guys got a problem that he didn't take accountability. He's a young quarterback, but he's got to understand that he's got a lot to learn and mature because if not, there's no way he's going to be able to play that position in that city. There's no way. There is no way. I think he has a lot of talent. I liked him when they picked him out of BYU. He's got a lot of talent. I saw him in college. But the, the immaturity of him, and he's feeling himself a little bit too much. But you cannot, you cannot sit there and answer a question like that. Because I told you all Thursday, every time these guys, whether they're coaches or players, they get in front of the media and they talk to the media, they're talking to the locker room through the media. That's what they're doing. They're addressing their teammates. They're addressing their team if they're a coach. Through that three five minute clip that you see on Sports Center or Fox Sports, you they're they're addressing me. He's that's the way the team's looking. How do you answer? Like, hey man, I've got to play better. Defense plays their ass off like that. We got to score points. Hell, his rookie wide receiver pretty much said it. He pretty much said it. Like, hey, this is unacceptable. Sala, now I got to give Sala credit because I like that. Sala comes out and says, hey, when they ask, he goes, it just it was it was you know feces. He didn't use that word. He used the other one. And you got to respect that. You have to respect that. And so there's going to be, he's got some growing up to do. But that, again, it just goes back to my point, believing the Kansas City game. Those are the franchises, you're, you're coaching again. You've got to assume, you've got a living legend and a Super Bowl winning coach in your division. What are you going to do? How are you going to navigate with that? Because certain things, wins and losses on Sundays comes down to that. And last night in L.A., that was just a mixture of Patrick Mahomes. But you can't undersell the mixture of Andy Reid being in that situation, knowing and knowing how to attack their opponent. That's why they ran that division. That's why they ran that conference for the most part. 
for the last few years. Listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We'll be back.